You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Welcome to this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about helping action takers and decision makers like you align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. I'm Sarah from Sarah Box Coaching and Consulting. On today's podcast, we are joined by award-winning HR consultant, Amanda Hathaway, Managing Director at HR Answerbox and Corporate Trainer. Amanda serves small businesses and startups as a talent optimization expert. She has more than 40,000 hours of experience in HR. She holds the two highest professional HR certifications, as well as a Master's of Jurisprudence degree in Labor and Law from Tulane University. She has a master's from George Washington University and a bachelor's from James Madison University. Amanda has been recognized as the most influential woman in HR Training USA by Acquisition International and the Game Changer of the Year USA East Coast by ACQ Global Awards. She is also the creator of New Manager Bootcamp and the author of two books. Amanda is one of our 13 expert presenters in the Assess for Success Virtual Summit. She speaks on two different topics. The first is resolving difficult employee relations situations using valuable insights from the predictive index assessment. And the second, she gives us a test drive of the predictive index platform where she takes a look under the hood and shares with us how the tools work together to help optimize our talent acquisitions and increase employee engagement. In addition to speaking on those topics, Amanda generously offered to provide a bonus presentation for everybody attending the three-day Assess for Success Virtual Summit, which she did. And during my conversation with her, I realized that her tips and coaching were so useful, I decided to share it with all of our podcast listeners In this episode, you're going to learn all about designing and facilitating interactive training solutions. Amanda shares how participant-centered learning helps keep engagement high, the 90-20-10 rule for instructional design, and two new training concepts you can incorporate into your nonprofit learning right away, gamification and micro-learning. And we will reveal a great resource to help you up-level your team meetings and trainings. So now let's listen in to my interview with Amanda Hathaway. Amanda, I want to thank you for coming back and doing another episode, a session for us, about how we can have great presentations or avoid death by PowerPoint as we're working with our teams and people that we're trying to influence. 
Absolutely. I am very passionate about training, and I know that many nonprofits have limited budgets, and so a lot of times training is developed in-house. So I wanted to just provide some extra tips and some ideas of how to make that training interactive and engaging and not the dreaded death by PowerPoint. I know. I And I, I think I mentioned to you, I think I've sat through many death by PowerPoints, <laughs> but sadly, I think I've delivered some or maybe many. So let's, let's get going. What are the tips that you have to help? Yeah, absolutely. So I use an approach that is called participant-centered learning, which means that it's not about me as the instructor. It's about the learner. It's the most out of their time. People are super busy at work, and to ask them to take time away from their regular schedules is a big ask. So we need to make sure that we're structuring the content in a way that's engaging, that it's meaningful, and that they take something back and it's able to be applied into their jobs right away. So where do you start with that? Well, first of all, you have to know your audience. So what are their needs? What is it that you're trying to communicate to them via the training? Is it, you know, a case of a new hire coming into the organization and we're doing orientation? Is it compliance training like anti-harassment, anti-discrimination? Is it something that is mission focused? Is it something that is going to help them to perform their jobs better? But we need to know what are the key things that they need to get. And then we need to structure that learning in a way that gets them the content that they need in the fastest way possible. Well, give me an example of that because here's what I have observed. So I go through those first steps. Here's what people need to come away with, right? Mm -hmm. And then the PowerPoint or whatever the presentation format is, is almost used as here's the content and I'm going to mm -hmm. talk you through it which is not yeah. participatory. So how do you move from the piece of knowing what you want people to get to delivering it in a way that is engaging and participatory? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people have started to use PowerPoint as almost a crutch for public speaking or for presenting. And PowerPoint can be a really powerful tool, but you shouldn't just be standing up there and reading off the slides. If you're going to stand up there and read off the slides, then just give them the file. They're capable of reading themselves. So the value that you add is giving them extra information, extra content, and ways to apply the information that's on the slide. So make it user-friendly and really show them how they're going to put that to use. There's what's referred to as the forgetting curve, which means that as soon as they leave training, within about 20 minutes, they forget more than half of what you just taught them. It's really kind of depressing when you're a trainer that you know that this exists. But one way to combat that forgetting curve is to get them to create action plans. So how are you going to take what you learned in this class and apply it to your job or to the work that we're doing within our nonprofit? And when you do that, you have a higher level of stickiness, meaning that they retain the information and actually do something with it. Given that what you just described about the learning curve, are there times in which your objectives just may be too big for the time allotment and it's the mm -hmm. better choice is to do less? 
Yeah, absolutely. So there's definitely a trend right now for micro learning, which is taking small usable chunks of content and giving it to people in very uh, short durations of time. So micro learning may take 15 minutes, may take 20 minutes, but it's not going to be your traditional half day or full day class. So that's one way to deal with it. Um, another way is through gamification, which makes learning fun. People tend to remember when they have a good time in training. Uh, classic example that I can share from some of the training that I do, as you can imagine, we are getting a lot of requests right now for anti-harassment training. Very hot topic in both the for-profit as well as nonprofit space. And I think historically, people have really dreaded going to that kind of training because it's boring and they're there as a compliance check the box. So what I've done is made it interactive. And we have an exercise that's called harasser bully jerk. And we get people up and moving around the room to vote for what whether they think the scenario that's been described is a harasser, a bully, or a jerk. So they're actually voting with their bodies. What's interesting is for people who are kinesthetic learners, uh -huh. um, that would really anchor it to them. Yeah, absolutely. Tired of feeling stuck and ending with the same result? Want to know how Sarah can help you with one-on-one -on -one or organizational coaching? Then book your free discovery call at sarahbox.com forward slash contact. Now back to the show. So there are three styles of learning, auditory, visual, and kinesthetic. Auditory learners learn by hearing, visual learners learn by seeing, and kinesthetic learners learn by doing or having the application of what they've learned. So in traditional training where the trainer stands at the front, lectures the whole time, kinesthetic learners have been at a huge disadvantage. But now if you add that level of interaction and engagement, kinesthetic learners are doing on par with your, your visual and auditory learners as well. And, and a lot of people are kinesthetic learners. It's interesting. Um, I think it was, well, it's been decades now, but I remember sitting in a class. Why I was there was for some doctoral student, right? The reason they were in the class was they were a doctoral student. They were using us to, to map stuff, which was great, you know, but that was the first time I realized that I was a kinesthetic learner. And they said, mm -hmm. and I said, well, I don't know what that means. And so they gave really concrete examples. But ever since that time, and they gave some tips, right? So how yeah. if I'm in an environment that's all visual, I'm, my second would be auditory. So if you're showing me mm -hmm. stuff, it's not sticking really, honestly, <laughs> unless I do something with it. But I have to do something with it, which to your point, right, the whole engagement piece. But it was so enlightening to realize that just a slight shift um, would help me anchor it. And the, the one person, the student said, just even if all you can do is hold a pen in your hand to mm -hmm. anchor what is happening, it will help you. And now I find that I will tell people, they'll say, well, we had this conversation. And I'm thinking, just tell me where we were physically. <laughs> And yeah, absolutely. You need the, the place reference to anchor what you were doing, how you were feeling and those types of things. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of trainers actually will put things on the table. So whether it's a pad of brightly colored post-it notes or a squeezy ball 
or some other tactile object. Um, I've even seen pipe cleaners used because the person can fidget with it and move it around. It's a really great way to make sure that people are focused on the content. So what do you do in situations where maybe it's a more traditional organization that is used to like sitting and receiving information, not necessarily engaging and being as participatory. And you come in, Amanda, and you're saying, this is, you know, here's our thing. We're going to get up and do the the move around the room, the bully. Right. Um, how do you help people or what tips do you have for folks who are listening to this that say, I'd like to be more comfortable stretching and going in a new direction. How do I introduce that? If I'm not a professional trainer, I'm an in-house trainer. How do I say, how do you like our new, our new stuff? Yeah. So if you're making a shift from the traditional sit it and get it style training (laughs) to something that is more lively, more interactive, I would suggest setting some ground rules. So letting people know, here's the way that we've always done training, but here's the way that we're going to do it going forward. When I start my classes and, and I'm on different client sites all the time. So I usually don't know my participants personally. I come in and I guess you could probably tell I have a lot of energy, but I let people know everyone participates. This is how it's going to be. Everyone's going to be comfortable with doing these exercises. And when you set the expectation, almost all learners get on board with that. Every once in a while, you have a a person who's just not feeling it, but there's something very powerful about the peer pressure and the energy in the room that usually, even if they're a little hesitant to start, they come around by the second or third exercise. That's fun. And it sure makes it more memorable. Absolutely. And really, that's the whole point of training. You know, I don't want to go to deliver a class and just stand there and give them content. I mean, I can talk all day. Trust me, I can talk all day. But that doesn't give them any value. And at the end of the day, I want them to walk away feeling like they learned something new, that it was practical, and that they know how to use it. Do you have a resource or... um set of tools that you go to that help you think through some of the exercises you might do with a group if you're new to doing that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. The organization that I would recommend is the Bob Pike Group. They're based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they do a wonderful job of this whole concept of participant-centered learning. And they have some books that you can purchase and actually borrow the things that they've provided in those books, um, which would allow you to not do much work on your own, just some very minor customizations for your particular nonprofit. And is that Bob P-I-K-E? That's correct. Okay. Well, we'll make sure that that's also noted. Um, Amanda, thank you for doing this because it's important for folks, especially if they want to share information that they've learned from your original topic to share that with other people or even communicate. And I think this makes um, more actionable so people could actually listen and receive and have some fun doing it. Great. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. 
You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.